All right, vaccines. My oh my, I I promise you, I have talked to some anti-vaccine people that are pissed, that have tears come to their eyes when they're talking about it, uh, are are pretty much a hundred percent sold that some of the problems that their kids have is based on the fact that they let their kids get all the vaccines. Um, I mean, I've got an article in front of me that I'm going to be referencing here in this conversation. Uh, I mean, vaccines are from the pits of hell itself. Satan is making the vaccines and basically putting it in doctors' hands. Really, that's kind of how people talk about vaccines. And yet, wouldn't you say, the at least in America, the majority of kids still get vaccinated? Absolutely. Like, the babies yeah. get vaccinated and all that stuff. So... There, I mean, you can Google right now uh, the dangers of vaccines, and I don't think the writers, I don't think the doctors, I don't think any of these people are have evil intentions to make vaccines uh, be a bad thing. But mm-hmm. are are they right? I, yeah, I think the problem with the the whole anti-vax movement is people not understanding how to interpret whether something's safe or not. If your your next door neighbor says their kid is autistic because they got a chickenpox vaccine, that doesn't make that truth. Um, anecdotes are, are worthless. You look at data of millions of people, then, you know, then come talk to me. Right. But, but, individual people's stories where they in their imagination they they link two things together it has no has no value so uh, at this point there there is not significant proof for vaccines causing um autism right, or, in, right. or anything else so so yeah right here and and you're you you're privy to be able to look at this along with me uh, it says, comprehensive survey of nearly 12,000 children in the USA and Europe was conducted in 2010. The research revealed the truth about the health of vaccinated versus unvaccinated kids. The conclusion, vaccinated children are more chronically ill than unvaccinated children with rates for autism, ear infections, ADHD, asthma, and allergies as much as 30% higher. So this is the mm-hmm. kind of stuff that everybody has access to right, that right. If, you, if you don't know stuff and you don't know medicine like you do you're like oh my gosh it's terrifying yeah right. the kids with the most health and behavior problems right, allergies right. asthma adhd autism coordination and other gross motor issues and the list goes on are yeah. the ones that are right on track with their vaccination so, schedule yeah I, I can explain this so to, to there's two points here one the the whole autism thing this all stems from one bad dude uh, many, many years ago in the UK who wanted to get published. And so he did a study trying to see if there was a link between vaccines and autism. There wasn't. His data showed there was not. But nobody wants to publish an article that says, oh, safe vaccines are still safe, just like we thought they were. Great. Nobody's got polio and smallpox, and we're all not dying of all these rheumatic fever and all these horrible things. That is, that's not news. News is drug A is bad. Okay, big pharma's bad. So he lied, he fudged the results, he, po- he posted a phony document. After that, years and years, decades of other studies could not reproduce the results. 
every other study, they could not, could not, could not find any links with autism. So eventually they went back to this guy, dug in deep, and found that it was all a big lie. Wow. It was such a lie. They yanked this guy's license away. He will, he will never be a doctor again. He is, he is uh, you know, a felon at this point. Yeah. Worse than being a felon, he has the blood of thousands of children on his hand. All the kids that have died since then of preventable diseases, of heart disease, kidney disease, of um, viral illnesses, all those dead people, all the people who, when those people didn't get vaccinated because of his lie, right. that blood is all in his hands. Yeah. Those, all those dead children are his fault. So, so I mean, especially, and I would disagree with you if it was an accident, but we're talking someone who did this on it intentionally. Intent, he intentionally, I mean, just for his own success. Gosh. The second thing is the, the, the article in front of us from, you know, I'd have to look at this. I don't know what their source is, but um, what they're pointing to is this thing called the hygiene hypothesis. And so if you look at people who live in cleaner homes, who, um, do they who expose their children to less germs um statistically are the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers maybe they're more hippie types they're more likely to have dogs cats play in the dirt play in the woods um you know those kids are exposed to more germs more antigens those kids have less atopy now atopy is this list you said add ear infections asthma allergies all that runs with with atopy and so atopic kids you, you create atopic kids more likely if they're in a clean environment wow. and and so you know i don't and i think that may be where they there's some selection bias here yeah yeah so just just there's more than one variable here which you, is not conclusive right let's like the whole viagra thing people there's a study showing that viagra causes melanoma right well the pill doesn't but the, the, the rich white dudes that pop Viagra are the people going to the Riviera getting sunburned and they're getting melanoma. And so the <laughs> Viagra is not causing it, but it's a selection bias. So the people that are, are more likely to, to not vaccinate, it's a different demographic of people and their lifestyle has some differences. And so you're going to see some differences in those people. But, but there, you know, this horse has been beat to death. What we know is, um, you know, come come with me to Southeast Asia and see the people with polio, see the people that are that are, uh, you know, handicapped, see the people with smallpox scars in their face, um, see the people with rheumatic heart disease, and you'll understand that, you know, we have quickly forgotten this. Our spoiled generation's forgotten how much suffering we would have gone through without vaccines if we were living in the two generations ago, watching our friends and neighbor die. Um, some of, of the us flu. limbs that don't work. Yeah, the flu. I think we'd have a, a different appreciation for it, but we're just so, so protected, so safe. We start pointing our finger at the wrong thing now. Gosh. I mean, for someone that is in the medical profession, like, do you just shake your head in disbelief when you hear of people forfeiting vaccines for their kids? Well, a lot of practices won't accept patients into their practice. Um, and I appreciate that because then, you know, I don't want to bring my, you know, unvaccinated grand, you know, child less than one year old, my immunocompromised grandma into this environment where there could be, you know, these, these 1970s illnesses relapsing like pertussis and measles. It's, it's really, 
It's more than a personal decision. So these people in California not vaccinating their kids, they're responsible for the measles outbreaks there. And they're going to be responsible for the loss of herd immunity and then other people um, getting these preventable illnesses. So yeah. it, it's, it's, just, it's not just a personal decision. It is putting others at risk as well. So do, are, are we, when it comes to vaccines, are we taking some bad with the good? Because I, I'm 100% with you that... I feel like Priscilla and I would be crazy not to get our kids vaccinated. I agree with what you're saying. Like we forget just how healthy we are, but is there any bad that, that will, Hey, we'll take one for the team. We're overall mm -hmm. in way better right. shape, but right. oh, that one out of a million yes. thing. Yeah. So sure. Um, well, so two things. So the, the bad thing is like, you know, certain vaccines like Gardasil vaccine, Gardasil is going to prevent so many cancers, so many deaths, so many other things we're just discovering even now. But every now and then there's that one in a million person that gets um, this neurologic disorder from it. And that, that is real. And even like smallpox vaccine, I got it, but my sister didn't because we crossed a line between 1968 and 1971 where the smallpox was so effectively eradicated that the vaccine at its very low risk was still more risky than smallpox was. Mm. So for every vaccine, there's a breaking point. This is a, it's not a yes or no, it's a polarity where you look at risk A and risk B. What's the risk of doing it? What's the risk of not doing it? There is some tiny risk of the vaccine. And when the risk of the disease gets lower than that risk, you stop doing the vaccine. Gotcha. Because you've got herd immunity and you don't need to do it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit to prescription drugs, mm -hmm. and let's let's for right now leave out the corruption and the medical field and and profiting and all that stuff. The the actual medication that people take, like for for example, I, there are people very dear to me, very close to me, uh, people that I respect that would never take some of the medicine that I take for depression. Um, well, we'll just, we'll just stay right there for right now. I take some mm -hmm. blood pressure medicine that maybe most people would not disagree with because I right. inherited that from my dad. But I take this, this medicine and I will still struggle with depression every now and then, but you can ask my daggum wife, I'm way better off right now. And right, me right. personally, Joey Svensson personally, I will shave 10 years off my life with this quality of living uh, and mm -hmm, I'd prefer mm -hmm. to live like this for 10 less years than to be depressed out of my mind right, and right. live older. Oh, but sure. yeah. when someone takes Zoloft, how much of a risk is that? So it's, I'd say this goes, this, you can use the same polarity argument of every drug. It, it, now, if it's your, your neighbor's garage built potion, if it's your essential oil, anything that claims to have medicinal effect or does have medicinal effect also has the potential for side effects. There is no, this does only good. There's no um, pink drink or, you know, magic potion that <laughs> multi-level marketing sells that has only positive effects and fixes all these organs and prevents all these cancers and treats imaginary things like brain fog and leaky gut and blah, blah, blah. But yet is infinitely safe and has no potential for any side effects and harms no one. That's just, that's called a, you know, that, that's just, Magic pills. You know, right. It's a panacea. Right. And, and panacea is a fake thing. So Zoloft, you know, there's a risk of side effects with it. There, every drug 
um, you take uh, has risk of side effects. You know, antibiotics, medicines for malaria, uh, but you have to weigh it out. Again, you look at hypertension, um, heart attack, stroke, big things, mm-hmm. right? Um, could, you know, you have to weigh out the risks and benefits with all these things. Yeah. And with prescription drugs, the risks are known. They're, they're, they're studied thousands and thousands of people and then registries that, that go for years and years. So the side effects are very well known. The drugs are very pure. They're very perfected versus if you look at, you know, holistic remedies or natural remedies, the testing is inadequate. They can have multiple different ingredients of which the properties are not fully known. And so you're entering a much greater risk when you when you do whole things that have numerous ingredients. So more risk for holistic. Much riskier. <laughs> oh much riskier. Gosh. It's like if you took, you know, and, and the thing is their whole argument, like there's there's two really, really ridiculously bogus arguments. One is homeopathy. Which is, which is a religion. It's a religion that when you take something away completely, its essence remains, yeah. um, which is just, that's a religion. There's, there's no science to it. And then the, the opposite of that is um, the whole holistic thing of saying, well, you know, whole wheat's better than just this white wheat, right? So instead of just giving someone just aspirin, give them the white willow bark or give them like the, the, the kombucha or some you know, thing with lots and lots of ingredients. But it's kind of like taking a thousand different pills and putting them in a blender and making a cheese out of it and saying, well, it's got everything in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. it treats everything. Well, yeah. sure, but some of those things are probably dangerous and we don't know what the toxic numbers are. Right. So I don't want something that has a whole lot of mystery ingredients in it that are yeah. untested. Oh, well, and, and, and uh, going along those lines, what would you say in general about the argument of uh, antidepressants and all this stuff is still new enough to where we really don't know long-term effects? I mean, maybe we are, we're past that point with like Prozac. Yeah. But right, what about right. some of these newer yeah. drugs that are coming out that they're even uh, lauded as cleaner, but they're brand new? Right, right. So, you know, in my opinion, um, really in America, it's, it's, we're a little too strict and it's a little too hard to get new drugs through. The, the, for example, even like drugs for skin diseases, now the FDA requires mental health data on all these drugs. So, for example, there's a drug called Otesla for psoriasis. And in the studies, um, in the, in two people killed themselves. They committed suicide. Now, luckily for the drug company, both of them were on placebo. Yeah. If those had been people that were on drug, it probably would have never made it to market. Been yanked off the market. You had never seen that drug. All the people that benefit from this incredibly safe drug would have never gotten it. Wow. Uh, so we have, we have to be careful with this. Uh, we're, we're, we're very protective of people, which is good. Um, but to get a drug approved in the U.S. requires sometimes 10 years, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of thousands of patients to get things approved. Now, that's not going to say they're going to make every drug side effect free and risk free. Every drug still has risk. Everything has risk. I advocate exercise is the best medicine. But you can have a heart attack exercising. You could fall down and break a leg exercising. You know, there's nothing risk-free. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, as a fellow father of young children, like, do you not like the idea of, let's say, your son um, showing signs of hyperactivity and ADHD or something like that? And let's say a doctor says, look, 
he's not going to be able to concentrate in class unless you mm-hmm. do something about this. Like, is there right. a part of you that's like, ah, oh, I don't like thinking of him on medication at sure. that early of an age? Yeah, sure. And I think that's a good instinct for all humans to have to not try to over-medicate and to try to use medication when all else fails. I think that's good instinct. Um, you know, thankfully, my wife is an expert on these things, and I would completely defer that to her. But with ADD, uh, if, if the parents have the time and energy and the ability to structure the environment and work with the kid, there are certainly some kids that won't need ADD medication. Now, there are situations where the parents aren't that willing or the kid's ADD is so severe that that's not enough. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, a, you've got a choice to make. Do you say, well, I'm just going to let my kids suffer and fail out and become a drug addict because I'm afraid of pills, which that's what happens. People in ADD have extremely high rates of drug addiction, incarceration, suicide, premature death, and disability. Or do I say, hey, let me give them this Adderall pill that, let's say, five million other kids took and watch him make A's, get married, have a great life, be productive, write books, stay out of jail, and not become an alcoholic. Yeah. So I know that's a harsh view at it, but you have, to, you, have to, you have to realize that at some point that you as a parent are harming your own child by being neurotic about completely avoiding drugs. And there's a spectrum there from completely no drugs to let's just drug everything. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a happy place right in the middle of that. Yeah. It, I mean, is there, it, uh, it's, we are jumping all over the place, but is, is there significance of, or, or can you tie the outbreak of autism to anything? <clears throat> Do we have an outbreak so of tough. autism? Yeah. Because a lot of, you know, may, may, maybe we don't, right. but if we do, can you tie it to anything? Can you, I mean, uh, the types of food that we're eating, vaccines, I mean, yeah. is there any link? So we don't, we don't know. And, you know, just as, as a kind of disclaimer, like this, this whole podcast, this is me just throwing my opinions yeah. out there, okay? So I'm certainly not an expert on this, but so there, there are schools of thought with this, and I think they both have validity. So one might say, well, the only reason we see an increase in autism is because of better detection. We're screening better, we're screening more, we're screening earlier. So autism rates have always been this high. We just called those kids assholes 20 years ago. (laughs) And now we call them autistic. All right. All right. I probably shouldn't have said that. No, I like it. That was Um, funny. You know, it's like now being being a jerk has a name, you know, they're mildly autistic, whatever, or they're or they're sensory, whatever. It's like, no, back then you just you just smacked them the butt and said, Shut up and eat your food and do this thing and you're not you're not getting away with that. But now like, oh Timmy doesn't like this, Timmy doesn't like that. So we kind of, we kind of, there is probably some increased detection and, you know, my heart goes out to these kids and, and I really do, you know, it's certainly a real thing. And I think the parents of autistic kids have, have an incredibly big challenge, um, as do the autistic, um, kids and adults themselves, but, um, it's real. And, but I think I, in my personal opinion, I don't think increased detection explains the epidemic completely and i do agree there's an epidemic i think there is something else going on and what my guess is that it it is um long-term genetic changes and that's something we learned in my generation that your genes your dna can actually be modified we used to think they were static but um autism certainly has known genetic components things that occur in the womb um or before you know at conception even and I don't think we know what those are. Yeah. And that's why I love how the ribbon for autism is a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about uh, going to the chiropractor? 
Like, do you think that's yeah, ridiculousness so, or a good okay. a good addition to medicine? I think it's great. I've been to several chiropractors, um, some you know, quite a few times, and I think chiropractors there's you know, there's two kind of straight mixers. So straight chiropractic is all right. I can pop your back and help your back feel better. Maybe your arms, maybe that tingling in your fingers. Mixed are like oh, I can crack your back and cure your prostate cancer. Yeah. I can pop your neck and your asthma goes away. Oh, um, you know, quit taking your ADD medicine. I'm just going to adjust your spine the same way I adjusted the last 500 people's spine this table. Right. And, and I've been to enough chiropractors to know that no matter what I tell them, they pop my back. They have, there's like, they have like a hip pop and a back pop and a neck pop. They pop them all the same way. There's little fancy things like these little trigger point things. Um, that being said, chiropractors help a lot of people. So I think there is certainly some musculoskeletal benefits. There are some, um, you know, peripheral nerve problems like tingling or numbness or weakness that can help. I don't think people should pretend that they can treat kids' asthma with cracking their back. There now, isn't is, that how um, it was discovered? Like, did, didn't some I guy, uh, I think he was blind and... Don't know. Okay, gotcha. Um, and, 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 you know, this is just me spouting off out of, you know, some, some level of ignorance, so I apologize. But um, I also believe in the placebo effect very strongly. If a chiropractor is listens well, is high touch, takes good care of people, and your doctor is a jerk who walks in and out of the room and writes prescriptions, of course you're going to love your chiropractor. Right. And your chiropractor is going to really help you, even if it has nothing to do with them popping those air bubbles in your back. <laughs> they're still helping you because you feel listened to, you feel like someone's helped you, and doggone it, you're getting better. And, and you're not minimizing that. You're saying no, that's a good thing. it's a good thing, yeah. and it works. Well, see, that's how a lot of these multi-level marketing scams work is you and your friends, well, your friends all feel better. Their brain fog is lifted and their gut, whatever mystery thing is lifted. So yours is too, right? especially if you're selling it. Right. But even if you, even if you don't, the placebo effect is real. Uh, it's, you know, if you give people Tic Tacs and tell them it's a really strong medicine, a good percent of people are going to get better. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Last question for you. My dad has a kidney disease that uh, basically over time will eventually kill him. I, I forgot what it's called. Um, cystic something, whatever. But uh, I love my dad. It just kind of sounds like I, I don't because I don't know what it's called. But he is being prescribed narcotics painkillers mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and and the doctors trying to figure out a way of spreading it out uh, meeting the needs of my dad to keep the pain level down and at the same time not over drugging him right would he be better off smoking some ganja <laughs> like seriously yeah. would he be better off smoking yeah. weed and, uh, and and let's say uh, it, it doesn't become overly habit forming mm -hmm. he doesn't do it in excess he doesn't become a, a deadbeat, lazy person that sleeps all the time. He, he, is, he is taking it incrementally right. in the best way possible. Is that better for his body? Um, so not probably not. Now, I think there are certainly people that benefit from marijuana. But what I would say with marijuana, why don't we take the drug? If it's THC, whatever, take whatever it is in marijuana that helps people. Take that out, purify it, quantify it, get the right amount and get it away from the tar, the pollutants, the toxins. Marijuana, smoking marijuana especially, puts so many known toxins into your lungs and into your bloodstream. Uh, now, if you're 90 years old and you don't care about toxins, go for it, man. Smoke yeah. yourself away. Um, if it improves your quality of life, that's fine. But 
let's not underestimate the fact that um, marijuana has significant um, health harm, especially in a young person. Um, I, I watched my roommates in Myrtle Beach. They were all, all potheads. I watched them um, become completely unproductive humans who had no motivation to ever get ahead in life. And I watched some of them transition to other drugs like LSD and cocaine and one, in fact, lose his everything he had because of starting with marijuana. So it's a risky drug. I think we need to do I think we need to pull the parts out of it that are good, isolate those and let those treat people. And every case is different. If you're if your dad, you know, if there's 30 different pain relief options for your dad, find which one's the best and give them that one. Yeah. It, but because marijuana is not better because it's a plant, you know, digitalis comes from a plant. You yeah. Know, there's all kind of, you know, dangerous things that come from plants and therapeutic things that come from plants. Yeah. How about uh, uh, comparing smoking marijuana to cigarettes? Are cigarettes worse for you? Right. So, so marijuana is worse for you um, because it has a higher number of toxins. It's not filtered. Now, if you smoke a lot of cigarettes and a, versus a little bit of marijuana, there may be a different balance gotcha. there. Gotcha. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. This has been awesome. Thanks.